Cleef, do you, uh, you know, I don't know if you, uh, you probably might have missed our discussion in recent days about the difference between uh, roasting, boiling, or, uh, wait, let me Oh start my again. gosh, you don't even know how to talk about it, you're so bad. <laughs> the the, the, the you, question uh, is if there's a difference between roasting, boiling, wait, no, oh my god. Broiling, uh, yeah, you're messing it up too. Uh, roasting, and baking. Broiling and baking, yes. yes. And, and, and there is. Yeah, there is, yeah. And we talked about, like, people were bringing up, like, it's just a heat thing. Like, oh, baking is over 400 degrees. But I <laughs> have a button that says bake. And you can bake things under 400 degrees. It has nothing to do with the the number of degrees for baking. Oh, I'm so happy we brought you on that. Yeah, it has, Please. has nothing to do with that. It's all about, it's the difference between uh, baking for... Or around a temperature, so like the temperature, uh, the the heat that is already in the box is what's cooking your food because over a certain amount of time that heat just accumulates and then the food gets cooked. The food gets cooked. Broiling is about a heat element because that heat element it has to be really close to the food. Sure. Uh, and basically, that's it. That's amazing. It's, it's that's two, all I needed. Yeah, it's a two different. That's the two different things. It's like cooking because of hot and cooking because of direct heat. You know now see, what 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 is the difference between like a like informative cold open and a like funny cold open? Because <laughs> I feel like this might be a lesson that Fresh Dick needs. <laughs> I think it can be both. I think learning can be fundamental. Yeah, you're like a big Bill Nye Beekman's world. You want to bring yeah, back? We might need the... a puppet or something. I mean, <laughs> you could just do the like. You have to go through the like metric conversions, right? It was like, all right. So if you're boiling water at two twelve, <laughs> is it actually because you know the numbers are a little different from where you're at? I'm just happy nobody tried to get you with like. So what does boiling do? Like, if you don't know boiling, then I'm mad at you. No, I know boiling. I'm good on boiling. All right, it's all good. It makes bubbles. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> See, I'm an expert. I'm a cook. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for coming and listening to the show this week. Uh, that's been another episode of The Besties. Next week, we'll be talking about saturation versus super saturation. <laughs> we look forward to talking to you then. Damn, I love Mr. Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to okay. everyone who's over a certain age who remembers Mr. Wizard. Shout out to Amen. y'all. <laughs> My name is Russ Frustick, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best video game movie of the week. Ooh, I'm Khalifa Adams, and I kind of know everything else. That's all we needed. Welcome to the Besties. It's a video game club that goes all year long, and just by listening, you're a member, and I so rarely do the introduction that I only halfway remember it, but I think I got it pretty good. You did pretty Um, Okay. Well, yeah, I'm okay. As as folks probably heard, we have a very special guest today. Uh, the the Mackle brothers uh, are on tour. They're touring the Midwest, is my understanding. And uh, so we've replaced them 
with someone that is greater than the sum of their parts, Khalif Adams, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, boys. Uh, uh, Khalif is the host of Spawn on Me, which is a really terrific podcast. If you could sort of introduce it, I won't do it justice. So please. Yeah, uh, it's a show that I've been doing for almost a decade now, uh, which is wild to say out loud. Uh, and it's been, you know, kind of uh, the, at the forefront of the conversation around uh, diversity and inclusion in the video game space, at least in terms of uh, spotlighting folks of color and, and from underrepresented groups. So it's been an interesting, interesting, interesting ride, but it's been super fun. Yeah, it seems like you guys have really just there isn't enough of that, which bums me out. But you guys are are obviously holding the torch and uh, and conveying it as it becomes more and more important in uh, not only the video game space, but everywhere. So Which, rocks. quite frankly, is why we brought you on, Jay, because uh, we want to talk about video game movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, also so, in yeah, need no. of diversity and inclusion. <laughs> and yeah, as in like a, a, a wider range of good versus bad. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, the, the range, the range is there's this very big valley in between. <laughs> Yeah, the, the good layers of that mountain range for sure. <laughs> Khalif, it does sort of seem like we're in this period before we get into the the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is indeed about video game movies. Yeah, it does sort of seem like we're in this very weird period. You've been doing it a very long time, as have we. I can never, I really cannot remember a slower period of April slash May from a video game <laughs> release standpoint. It's it's one of those weird things where it's like you know you you're so used to like it, like last year was nuts. It seemed yeah. like everything was rolling super super fast. The beginning of this year was super wild too. February was was just like unbelievable. Yeah, and then the faucet shut off, or at least the faucet that I care about shuts off because there's a bunch of stuff <laughs> that drops. But I'm just like I don't want I don't want to play that. Like there's yeah, I, it's a weird thing to say. I'm going back into my back catalog already. And trying to get through my like uh, games I just never played list this early in the year, but I feel like we're also going to say we're, we can't take it anymore in a couple of months too. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, all right, you know, chill out. It's okay. It's fine that it's a little bit slow for now because I know at some point it's just going to re-hit. We're just going to be like, I, I mean, it's so slow that Nintendo moved the release date of Xeno Chronicle. What is that? Xenoblade Chronicles Three up two months because they had like nothing else going on. That is wild. I mean, I, I mean, look, it, it, it's all about that strategy, right? Of like, we are, we're trying to satiate a, an audience that is always hungry for new stuff. And if you just, you. like, I don't know, go ahead. I don't know if I buy that it's actually that slow because I mean, a lot of a lot of great indie games out, right? There like are perfect mm. tides, but more importantly, I mean, literally right now, go to Steam. Glover is available. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it right now. It, and a new, I mean, it's barely new. I don't want to like overhype it here. But it, 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 you can download Glover, where you play as a glove from the Nintendo 64 now oh, on your PC. Oh, wait a minute. In perpetuity. Yeah. Oh, wait. You I mean, I thought you were talking about Danny Glover. <laughs> oh no 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 no! And and I I I, I am waiting for the Donald Glover DLC. <laughs> <laughs> but they it sounds like that's not happening either which i, I mean i, I can't this is imagine the collabo i need to have happen danny glover uh, and Steam. i want them to do the new uh <laughs> lethal weapon movie together <laughs> that uh, is great. the dream uh maybe that's a good segue we're talking about movies now lethal weapon was a movie and uh we're gonna be jumping into video game movies so 
you know, we're going to, we've, we've done a few formats here. We've done like tier lists and we've done brackets and stuff like that. The, the focus I think today is we're going to try to narrow down what our picks for an ideal video game movie canon is. Maybe they're not the top of the top, but certainly movies that I think like, okay, if you're going to watch five video game movies, these are the movies you should watch as they're representative of the whole. We're going to take a quick break and then do all the things I just said. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, we're back, and we're going to do all the things I just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> Before we start, Okay, I'm, I'm going to do us a solid. I, th- I think it's going to help us kind of get a, a, a good frame of mind. Okay. So we want to choose the five definitive video game movies. These not are, best. Not best. Yeah, it, these are like, well, I mean, it, best, best is never a useful phrase, right? right because right. like, who even knows? Because definitive is so useful. <laughs> definitive is like, the, these are like, well, definitive is useful. It's what we're saying, if you're going to make time. For for five video game <laughs> movies, which is already quite the ask. Sure. These are the ones you should do. Best, I'm going to give you the the five highest rated Rotten Tomato. Oh, great. Games. That's a good starting point. That's a really good starting point. Okay. Number five. Uh, wait, can I guess some of them? Uh, well, yeah. How, how, how about you try to guess? Okay. I think Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, is in there. Okay. Am Ooh. I right? Leaf, do you, do, you, do you have any thoughts on one that would be in here? Vid- uh, best ones or at least highest rated? Mm. Just on highest, highest rated. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Top critics. Doom? You almost certainly not guess number one. Uh, I don't think either of you will. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's either a Resident Evil movie or a Doom movie. Nope. Damn it. Yeah. It, no, it, it is That's hard. It, it, it's kind of cheating, number one. It's probably one of those video game movies that wasn't really a video game movie. That was like a, um, it was like premise of video game movie that they flipped in terms of oh removing canon. Um, what was the Sam Richardson movie? Yes, the werewolf. Uh, 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 Werewolves Within. What is that? Right? Yes, yes. I got Werewolves it. Within is number one, and that <laughs> is amazing. part of Ubisoft's <laughs> current like business model that they've wanted to do for over a decade. 
which has become a pipeline of game IP into film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've been trying this forever. They had the Rabbids TV show on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they had the, the Assassin's Creed movie. But Werewolves Within feels like them realizing, oh, we can barely make something a video game. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, it can just be, we will turn something that's publicly available to everybody, like Werewolf, you know, the, the, a, a game, we will turn it into an IP, and then we will sell that IP as if it is as big as all of that, that, that game that everybody loves. Like, oh. I can't wait for them to do, like, Mafia or something, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, Solitaire. sure, or, yeah, or, like, uh, Tag. Well, that already is that was, a movie. I love uh, that movie, true. actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so we get. So you, she just basically said that we're going to get Writers Republic the movie. Oh, I mean, we could be so lucky. You know, what? you don't even need that movie. I, we got to pause for a minute because this is actually the best video game movie of all time, right here. The other night, I found a YouTube video that is like an hour and a half long, and it is literally a hundred some people on bikes at the top of a mountain. Doing a real Riders of Public, going down an ice mountain. What? Into, like, down an ice mountain across, like, like these, like, creeks that, you know, where, like, the water is melting. Yeah. Through, like, Stone Pass into, like, kind of, like, desert area. Like, it, they're going so high to so low <laughs> so fast. And the first 10 minutes of it is people eating it. I mean, oh, like, no. eating it so hard that you can hear the guy being like, Oh my gosh, I've never seen like one of those frames of a bike actually splinter and like hit a person like that. What? It's it's utterly wild. I I always thought Riders Republic, oh, this is a fun fantasy. No, people actually do this and it is deranged. I I, I promise I will share this link when we when we tweet the episode. Because I like I could not believe it was real. And it's one of those things where like it's a little bit of, you know, like watching a pile up on the highway sort of thing or like a police chase where you're like, this isn't actually good for me, <laughs> um, but I'm still doing it. And like my wife came in the room and she was horrified. She's like, this is just people on bikes getting destroyed. And I was like, yeah, but like, <laughs> it's cool as hell too, right? It's like, look at what the human body can do. I mean, it's incredible. And and people did win the race, so good for them. Anyway, anyway. Rotten Tomatoes, number yes. five, Sonic the Hedgehog. Number four, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Number three, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Oh, what? yeah, sure. Number, yeah, that's not surprising. I like that movie. Hmm. Number two, <laughs> the Angry Birds movie oh. two. Mm. <laughs> number one, Werewolves Within. Angry Birds 2, that is surprising. I, uh, I, the fact that they made the second movie, yeah, absolutely surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sick. not shocked they made it. I'm just shocked that it was higher rated than the first one. Like, how I'm often does that happen? they made it, to be honest. <laughs> but, I mean, money's money, I guess. Money's money. money, that's, money. That's, uh, okay. So, we know that. that what my, my takeaway from that is it's kind of like just nonsense. Like, uh, maybe the bigger... You want to say the bigger the IP, the better the chance you have of being successful, mm. right? But that's partly true, but then Werewolves Within is number one. It breaks the entire theory. Yeah. I do want to also ask this question. Do we consider um, Wreck-It Ralph to be a video game, like a video game movie or just about video games? About mm, I, video think, games. I think we'll have to talk about that. I think that's yeah. cheating, right? That's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so with that in mind, that list was really not, I mean, we mentioned Sonic the Hedgehog. I haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2, but I also, as I as Plant mentioned, I heard it's pretty good. I think I'm going to insist that we start weird and include probably the weirdest video game movie ever made, and that's got to be Super Mario Brothers of the 1990s, right? Yeah, I, I think it's like a legitimately enjoyable movie in the year 2022. I have not watched it. It's probably been eight or nine years since I've watched it. It's a joy. But it is seared into my brain. <laughs> it is one of those things that doesn't leave you, especially because I haven't I actually <laughs> haven't watched it since I watched it when I was a small child. I, 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 <laughs> like I, a I parasite. Not, yeah, it's, it stays there. It's like gout. <laughs> it's, 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 it's with you for a fair amount of time until you handle it and figure it out. <laughs> Khalif, I want I want to... Like, if you saw a picture of a Goomba yes. from the video game, yes, mm-hmm. do you think you would make the same choice as they did? No, I'm fighting everything. <laughs> it, it is like it is like Ricky when he comes back from the that scene in Boys in the Hood and he's punching air. <laughs> it's that was that would be me at that point. I'm fighting everything. And you have to understand, I'm from the Bronx. We we're like no. you like you're in the silhouette of a human and you're not a human i'm hitting the hell out of you (laughs) it sounds like you're more of the john leguizamo in this scenario than the bob hosh probably Uh, in in terms of those in terms of those (laughs) in terms of the two choices choices i had there what what's amazing is that nintendo has been fighting the quasi canon that was created by that movie for 30 years like since it released They've been denying the fact that anything represented in that movie was accurate to the Mushroom Kingdom. And it's great because it's, man, yeah, that. I don't know if this is true or like just somebody told me, but uh, when I was in um, Tokyo once for for TGS, I went to this gamer bar that was like two in the morning, way out of the way, tiny, tiny bar that like local devs go to and there was a uh, super mario brothers the movie poster in it and i was like oh wow i've never thought about how i like i just don't see any of that here at all and they're like yeah it is not spoken of like you, you <laughs> cannot get the movie here like they have done a very thorough job of erasing this <laughs> and like having this is like an act of provocation to, to put this in your bar and i was like great sure why not um i I have a photo. I spoke with the art director of this movie for a piece that I ended up not doing because somebody else did an oral history around the exact same time. But he he kind of told me about how this movie became a disaster. And I don't know if y'all know much about this, but like the script started out as kind of like a, a serious drama. Like that's what mm, got uh-huh. Bob Hoskins excited. And then they were changing it like, up until the day they shot, where <laughs> people involved in the movie on the actor level didn't know what's going on. Nintendo obviously didn't know what was going on. So there are photos that, like this one that I have from the premiere, where it is the art director with Miyamoto. Like, and Miyamoto is pop, like wearing just the absolute nice, like, he looks <laughs> so good. Like, he, he, it looks like he just like came from the beach, like, just like. Fine slacks. I'm picturing him in a Nehru collar. Is that no? He, no, it's like it's like a polo shirt. Mm. It's like a very bright. Oh, he's just he looks like genuinely happy. Mm. He's about to see his creation be turned into a movie, and it's like, oh man, this is a perfect before and after photo. <laughs> Except for we'll never get that after photo. 
Um, but yes, the movie is the movie's legit enjoyable now because it is an artifact of the 90s. Like it right. feels more 90s than most movies. It reminds me of Hackers, like similar like vibe and tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like art art aesthetic, like very dirty art aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. They every, they try to put a, a layer of grime on everything. Mm-hmm. That that felt kind of artificial, even for folks who were living in the spaces that potentially folks were kind of like trying to analog. It's just like, yeah. well, that doesn't feel. That doesn't. That's not the way that feels. But you know, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go with it and, and rock with it. So yeah, I, I get what you mean in that respect. One one final thought on on this movie. I remember when I saw the teaser trailer for it at the movie theater, yeah. and I'm like a very little kid. I can't see R-rated movies, and the teaser trailer for this movie is so great. Like. It's dark and brooding, and it's, like, nighttime. I think it's, like, raining, and there's this woman lost in the streets of New York. And then, like, <laughs> it, it basically right at the end, it, it heel turns. It's like, by the way, this is the Mario movie. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, yes, I, I can't believe I'm going to get to see whatever this weird thriller is. Um, and I... I I'm amazed that anybody was surprised when the movie did come out that it was chaos because that trailer alone just felt like we don't know what to do with this. <laughs> we, we have some footage. We have kind of a, a thing that we can just make up and try to sell this to people because we assume that they don't know what the hell Mario is. Anyway, that's probably the most that we can ever talk about the Mario movie on this <laughs> podcast. True, true. Uh, yeah. what, what, what is the, the game movie that you are like, oh, this is my tops? Oh my goodness! I, I mean, for me, the thing that comes back all the time is is the first Mortal Kombat movie. Like, I know people don't like that movie, but first of is all, is that Mar- true? People don't like that movie. <laughs> I I've gotten a really interesting like cross section of people when you talk about that movie because a lot of people universally hate the second one. They sure, hate, they hate Annihilation, uh, but there's a love hate of the first one because of the camp and the layers of just awful awful special effects that were in that movie where people were just like i hate everything about this or i love christopher lambert <laughs> it's, it's like there's not a lot of in between uh but it but it feels like for him like you know he he, he got a lot of love afterward he did but at the time people i remember people being like i don't like this movie at all this is if you're a motor combat fan and you like this movie something's wrong with you <laughs> um, but I love that movie with my whole heart. Like as a big, huge Mortal Kombat fan, and having Raiden as like my main for many, many a decade. Oh yeah! Like seeing seeing that actually come to life and seeing Liu Kang and, and and all that stuff actually happen in a real way. It was the first time I had seen uh, uh, s- uh, someone do that Sonya kick in real oh, life. Sure. And I was like, oh, my God. She, like, I'm so young and so stupid. I'm like, oh my, I'm like, oh, my God, she's a gymnast. And I'm like, what? <laughs> thinking back on that thought. When I, <laughs> thinking about it now, just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a stunt person come in. And she did that move. And that was it, kid. There you go. That's how it actually <laughs> works. <laughs> there were no strings attached to that one. No special effects. So I, I love that movie. It just it has. And the song. You, we, we've talked about the song in the past, but it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't know it, it feel that song feels like if you gave a kid pop rocks, you're just yes. like, yeah. yeah, like I'm gonna put this into your body, and then whatever happens happens. We don't we don't know what's gonna go <laughs> down, but it's gonna have, it's gonna be good. 
It's like something escaped jock jams and fell into a movie, you know? It's like, you're not supposed to be here. Then you're a jock jam. You're like, no. Uh, well, what <laughs> I'm was, ready. What was it? The, the be- what it was like that. It was commercials like, the best new 100 songs that are coming to your CD collection tomorrow. Those kinds of. Yeah, it was that and a Pure Moods was right after that. <laughs> the transfer from Whoop There It Is to Enya was always uh, a hard one to make. It is a hard um, transition. To get to there to nights to nights with white satin. What was it? <laughs> that song. <laughs> uh, Chris Plant, do you have a must include movie? Well, before I do that, I I, I realize right now we've got like a lot of nostalgia yeah. going. Yeah, right. Which I don't think is bad. I think that's kind of part of this. But I I, I was hoping we could kind of talk through what what makes a good video game movie for us. Mm. Like, is it is it nostalgia? Is it capturing? The essence of the movie, it, the game. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, my my feeling right now with like just what's available on the list is that video game movies aren't good. N- not good. Oh, I I don't like that phrasing. Video games movies aren't traditionally good in a like cinematic way, like what right. you want to get from a movie, right? Uh, and. I think there's like a number of reasons for that, but because they fail as movies, like we, I don't know, we like take pleasure in them doing different things mm-hmm. than we would from a normal movie. So that is like nostalgia or that is like, oh, it just has really great fighting or like really just plainly good action sequences. Like I think the Resident Evil series is kind of brilliant because none of the movies are wonderful. They all do pretty great like they make gobs of money the last uh, resident evil the final chapter made like 312 million dollars i mean ridiculous amount of money and the the benefit that it has is like it's just zombies like people (laughs) just want to go see zombies and it is it has become the brand for like hey you I don't know. Are you bored? It's a Saturday. Do you want to go see some zombies? And they're like, yeah, but I don't know if it's going to be a good one. And they're like, well, it's a Resident Evil movie. And then the audience is like, well, it's not bad. So sure. Right. And then they go and, and it makes a ton of money. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I can't figure out what makes a good game movie. I think is what I'm getting at. It's hard too, because I, I think my, my translation of, of, you know, air quote good has moved a lot from, like you said, that initial nostalgia of being a kid and and it not being a thing in the beginnings when we were growing mm. up of like, we didn't have, like it was the beginnings of video games really being taken seriously as, as some, as a real form of entertainment that adults can probably entertain themselves with. Um, while us growing up and seeing like all of the kind of IPs that we, that we loved and kind of grew up with kind of then get that translation into it. So that nostalgia for me, for the early nineties was very, very close to needing to be in the mix for me to like it. I need you to, I need you to understand Canon, whoever wrote this book, whoever wrote this movie. Now it's more about like, you know, are the acting, is the acting good or, or is it at least giving me a little bit of that fan service uh, that I have to, to know for you to hit. It's like the street fighter movie, right? It's like, I, I know from my, from my, for my life, my life career alongside Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, that he is not a good actor. He is a terrible actor. 
But the thing I need him to do is hit a split at 70 years old. Like, Hell yes. I, like I, you know, that's what I need from you, Jean-Claude, at this point. <laughs> Show me what limberness is. Show me what it looks like to be twice my age with a better ass than mine. Like, those are the things that I need <laughs> for you to do for me to like your movie. So now it's changed. It's like, it's a little bit of like, can you, can you touch those fan service parts? Uh, and, and can you make it look really good? I think that's a, one of the interesting parts about the Resident Evil poll was initially it was kind of like, yes, we know the zombie parts are going to be here. We have this new star that we're trying to make in Mila. Uh, and then also she's a badass who is in a world that that you kind of understand. That was not the the formula for those movies towards the end of that that run. It was like, we're going to go super wacky. Uh, Mila, Mila is still hot. Also, here's a zombie. <laughs> like less zombies, the more the more the movies that got made at that. Well, point. and the game that's true of the games as well. Yeah, honestly. right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Totally. <laughs> yeah, right. there's like also the secret sauce of the Resident Evil movies. So Paul W S Anderson is the director of those movies, not not the the director who makes like licorice pizza. Paul W S Anderson makes like Aliens versus Predator. He right. makes a lot of like schlocky stuff, but he is married to Mila Jovovich. And I think there's like something to that where he respects her <laughs> and there there's like a collaboration there in these movies as like silly as there are that I don't know. You can feel it and it it kind of rules. Mm. Um, there's like some creative dynamic where she they are so clearly on the exact same page of what they want these movies to be mm-hmm. like nothing more, nothing less. And I think that is what has made them kind of rise above their own expectations in certain ways. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of those movies. Though, I'm, I, I realize I should just give my third film, which is, uh, you yeah. already kind of got it, Street Fighter, the movie has yes. to be on this list. I, had, I genuinely love this movie. I realize it's a bit of a soft spot because I wrote a feature for Polygon years ago about how the film was made. And the backstory of this movie, honestly, is probably more interesting than the movie itself on a plot level. Um, it's utterly bonkers. The dude who wrote, I mean, basically some of the best action movies of the 80s and 90s, the writer of Die Hard, finally gets an opportunity to direct a movie. And it is this. <laughs> and basically has no time, no money, no help to go make it. And it's just like his, some of the actors are like, just being utter, you know, goblins running around, you know, their international sets, doing things they should not do, um, wrangling John claude Van Damme at, you know, peak JCVD period is an absolute nightmare. And Raul Julia, the, I mean, just a, an astonishing actor, is effectively dying while they're making this film mm-hmm. and chose to make this because he thought his kids would like it. Um, I mean, just a lot going on. And then you get the actual movie, which is, I mean, pure camp classic. <laughs> this is this is just, oh, I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme flexing for the camera, just an iconic shot. It's it's so good. I, I, I really am a sucker for this movie. But again, not like that traditional, is it great? But is it enjoyable? Yeah, it is. And and I, I, I as I get older, that is kind of the big thing that I measure success on. Like, 
did this like take me to a place? Did it make me feel something? Yeah, Street Fighter the movie did both those things. <laughs> is is there a? I'm, I'm going to sidetrack us a smidge. Uh, yeah. Is there a particular movie that when you think of? Because I love really bad B movies. Like I love, mm. love, love the dumbest, campiest, worst practical effects movies that you could find mm. on the planet. Is there one movie that when you think of a video game movie that has an actor who you know is going to be bad and they live up to that in the in the best ways? Huh. Mm. Here's an example. So one of my favorite dumbest uh, uh, video game movies is Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li. Mm. That, I haven't seen it. That has Chris Klein in it. Yep. And yep. it is by far one of the most amazing. It is the zenith of really, really bad acting in a movie where you can tell that that person was taking it the most serious and not performing <laughs> at all well in that role. Uh, this is like a Jared Leto situation. I mean, yeah, yeah. But oh, it's, no. It, yeah, well, it's, <laughs> this is like a, I don't know how you had ever acted in any movie ever. I'm not sure you've actually been in front of a camera before or visited planet Earth. <laughs> yeah. It's, Unbelievable! It is one of the best things, because you because you know when the person is playing it straight, and and you know that the direction was exactly what what was the thing that drove that performance <laughs> in a way where you're just like, wow, I don't know how you have a SAG card kind of stuff. Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how they let you say that you can be in this profession of acting. Without. You know, if you'll pay dues, the the line is very low. I mean, look, that's all they care about. Yeah, it was. It, it's so you have to see that if that's not a thing you have not seen yet, you need to go check that out. The the, the wild thing about uh, Hollywood, where it makes no sense, and how you know great people can write things that become bad stuff. I've I've weirdly followed the writer of that movie, Justin <laughs> Marks, for a while because he he's friends with a writer. Well, now he does many other things, but who used to write games coverage, and uh, he he did. Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. These are movies that like actually made it out of out into the world. The next thing that comes out is The Jungle Book. <laughs> like a a movie that makes n- like nearly a billion dollars. Wild, right? Uh. Then nothing again until this summer he wrote the story for Top Gun Maverick. What oh. are you talking about? Yeah, and like he, I mean, Dude's worked on range. lots of other stuff between that. Like he, he's done other things, but just utterly wild how uh, how a career works in Hollywood. He also, I'm, I'm just pull up his his wiki. Uh, he worked with his wife on the TV adaptation of Shogun, the new TV adaptation of it. That I believe is coming to FX. <laughs> um, so sure, like maybe one of like the most famous you know i mean james clavel wrote it but it, it is like this like epic of the 1970s uh that is now being adapted by the writer of street fighter the legend of chun li i mean the fact is you gotta get work like yeah. you have to you have to get work i wonder i wonder if that i want to see the 30 for 30 on this dude like i want, <laughs> I want to see the espn where he's like he, he puts out street fighter the legend of chun li is a universal mm-hmm. flop 
until like years later when people, you know, they dunk on it because it was so bad. And then that gives it some prominence. And you can see him just try. Like he's in a room, black and white, just writing and throwing pieces of paper away. It's a really <laughs> tight shot of the, the hands and then the face sweating and then the hands again. And then and then Michael Jordan is like, And yeah, just the audio of, of, our, of our guy Chris just doing his line readings <laughs> floating through. Haunting, haunting him. Knocking on his door like, hey, bro. Can you, can you use me again? I need, I need some more work. I need to go get some. I'm ready. These American <laughs> pie residuals aren't going to last forever. Uh, so what's what's our fifth? It's, we have four, right? Yeah, We're I included four? Resident Evil because we talked about it a lot. And I, oh, I yeah. would agree. It's worth Great including. Call. I think I think it, the franchise in, in general. But you can start with the first one. I think the first one's very strong. Yeah. Yeah. What um, what, is, what are what are we going to add? I think the one five? thing we're missing is for people that genuinely want to show other people a video game movie mm. and not be embarrassed, what movie would you show them? Mm. And for me, I think it's probably Sonic the Hedgehog, but I'm curious if you guys have a different response. Uh, ooh, that's see that's hard because it's like I mm, the And maybe embarrassed is not the right word as much as it is like what video game movie could you show to like a large swath of different people and at least they would come away being like yeah that was okay i feel like you have to go really kind of super generic then like i feel like you have to hit something that doesn't have any real ties to things like you need a need for speed movie to hit because that's so close enough to people hated that need for Uh, speed movie (laughs) are you all ready yeah hit it I, i got it rampage yeah, Do y'all see Rampage. Rampage, yeah. R- Rampage yeah. starring The Rock, yeah. made almost a half a billion dollars. Yeah. It is like the. It's utterly fine. It is <laughs> completely fine, and it and it's fine because like the original Rampage, you know, classic Midway games arcade game. Love it. Where you turn into giant like kaiju and you crush buildings. You, I mean, there's like barely a story there. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's just a kaiju Godzilla movie, King Kong movie without like any of those IP. It Makes, tells you so much about the star power and buying power of The Rock. It just it, like you can put him in anything and it makes money. It is yeah, so wild. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's weird because I don't even know if I enjoy him anymore. Yeah. I think it's like he kind of takes himself. I don't know. There's like there was a. I, I enjoyed it more when it was like I can't believe a pro wrestling star has taken over the world. Right. right. And now it's more just like oh, the Rock's doing this again. He's he's, he's so fucking powerful. Fortnite. What? <laughs> he's in Fortnite. He's, he's like a Fortnite. playable yeah. character and yeah. a major plot point in Fortnite now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I liked it when he was kind of the lovable underdog of Hollywood. And now he's definitely I, not I, that anymore. Yeah, but I'm clearly I, on the out, out charisma out here. his ass. Like, oh, I'm he does. sorry, I he can does. watch The Rock in anything. I, 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 it's also like a little bit of that. Like, you're gonna run for president, aren't you? Oh, he's absolutely like, gonna run. And like that's, I think that's the other piece of it. It's same thing with like Matthew McConaughey, where I'm like, <laughs> the second I know that you want to be a politician, I'm like, ah, I don't know. So now, now I'm like a little worried. Well, the the problem with little... Matthew McConaughey's layer of that is like I know someone is gonna he's gonna hype up so many people when he does that dumb beat the chest thing that he does. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. like that's gonna be the <laughs> that's gonna be the the anthem for so many people who really did like the third Resident Evil movie. <laughs> I just like that his motto is gonna be like making America all right, all right, all right. Oh shit, which sounds. Not fun at bad. first, 
But then it's like, really? All right. Like, that's your level of ambition? <laughs> Matt. I mean, like, you can't even hit that, though. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. It is, it is an actual, it? like, thing to try to describe to this one. <laughs> Are there's, we sticking with Rampage? Is that our pick? I think so. I think okay. so. I think there's, so. There's one thing I, I do want to acknowledge before we, we go after the break. A huge hole here. And we can maybe talk about this after the break. Yeah. We didn't talk about basically animated film and Japanese video game movies. Ooh, and yes. that stuff, like, there's a, a Yakuza movie made by Takashi Miike that isn't great, but is, like, pretty, pretty, I mean, it's Takashi Miike, you know. You're, I've you're heard there's a spectacular a Phoenix Wright movie that I have not seen, but I've uh, heard it's very, very good. <laughs> also, I believe by, yep, yep, by Takashi Miike, because <laughs> he's made, like, 500 movies so <laughs> you could kind of name anything and he probably made it um and and there's a lot of pretty decent like you know the pokemon animated movie there's some decent stuff there but i think i think we did a good job focusing on this live action you know the weird american hollywood system trying to bring video game movies into the world and make them a thing i love it um okay. should we take a break yeah let's take a break uh when we come back we're going to be talking about some game franchises that are due for movie adaptation uh, right after this. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockandmoney.com slash besties this episode of the besties is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy i'm sure immediately names jump to your mind those are the sorts of people that you would say oh maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. 
And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so in the intro, we talked a little bit about, uh, what was it, Riders Republic as a potential video game adaptation. Um, I certainly agree with that. Are there any other game franchises that you think at this point we're like missing out by not well, having them? I'm, 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 I'm going to tweak this because I think I think we're like dooming ourselves if we think of it as movies, because mm. I think the answer is like, no, video games don't make good movies. And there's two reasons for that. One is the pleasure of video games is the interactivity. And when you try to adapt that, it can result in very terrible things. Like, so many popular games are shooters where you are literally shooting and killing hundreds of things over the course of many hours. Mm. Uh, doesn't translate well to film. The other thing uh, is Commando video disagrees, games. but okay. What? <laughs> Commando disagrees. Commando? Oh, the, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, but we don't live in the 80s anymore. But yes, there was a period. Uh, the other thing is video games are long as hell. And if you're going to make these adaptations, I think TV is the better way to go. I think that there are examples of video games working in the TV model in a way that there aren't for film. And, I, and, huh. and the answer there is anime, like the Persona animes. Like, I, think, I think there are ways that you can stretch out a video game across TV especially these like long something like uh the last of us which is getting adapted for hbo yep. that feels like yeah I, I could see how you could stretch that across a tv show also again tv show they know right off the bat you know that you're going to be just kind of making it your own thing to fill that time yeah so yeah. i i if, if we can if you're okay with it fresh i think we should tweet we could we should adjust this to what would we adapt to television rather than film? Yeah, I mean, or just TV or movies. Okay, either, okay, okay, either okay, one. Okay. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'm cool with both of them. And it's funny that you mentioned TV because we are in the midst of arguably the most anticipated TV transition from a video game, and that's the Halo show, which I have not watched yet, but I don't know. It sounds like people don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, b before we jumped on that hole, I would say as a uh, honorable mention to, to all of this, I think would be uh, something I think has been really cool to see has been, you know, as a lover of horror movies, I think the Man of Medan series could, oh, could, yeah. could be both. You could, it could be a really awesome. It's already like halfway a TV show, kind of right where you're, you know, in in vein of the the Bandersnatch stuff that Netflix did a couple of years ago, uh, which sure. was actually pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think the Man of Medan stuff, the way that they've kind of segmented out those stories, would make a really good 
cool TV series uh, a la like Friday the 13th or Tales from the Crypt or something to that effect or, you know, kind of just super scary sci-fi-esque show that you get a chance to see yeah. in the USA. Uh, For yeah. people who aren't familiar with this necessarily, Man of Medan is one of the Dark Pictures anthology. Mm-hmm. And this is from a studio called Supermassive. They did stuff like Little Hope, House of Ashes. Mm-hmm. Was that one of them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then before that, the thing that they made that I think a lot of people remember was Until Dawn, yep. mm-hmm. which was like probably the first or original like horror adventure game that was trying to be both game and movie you're right this this does feel like it would be quite easy but again why why adapt it into a movie because it's that weird thing of it it itself is borrowing from movies right 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 it's it it makes the full circle i think but but i know what you mean in that respect yeah it's it's already aping something that is that that is a a tried and true thing and adapting yeah. it and then readapting it back to the thing that it, it pulled from doesn't really make that much sense. So I get that. It's the Uncharted problem, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. Uncharted yeah. just wants to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> right. And then, or Tomb Raider too. You know, you, you adapt these and it's like, okay, now I'm getting a facsimile of a facsimile. Mm. This, is, this seems kind of just doomed to begin with. Yeah. So you kind of need something more vague that has a lot of room to play in. That is like not necessarily like going to be locked into a format. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I th- or or it could be like very story driven, but its own thing. I think Last of Us works. You know, I for all of my not loving the Last of Us story for either of those games, mm-hmm. it it does have a story with like very clear emotional beats. Sure, um, and it does have I think very strong characters. I like the characters a lot. I just don't always love what they do to them. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. And it, and it has a great setting. Like it, it has the pieces, and that that's the juice that a great TV writer could come in and make it into something special. I think um, weirdly a good example of this is Station Eleven, where this I know it's not a video game, but that book is a, is a really good book. It's a really good book. I, I don't want to discount it whatsoever. Um, and the author has an amazing new book out called Sea of Tranquility that people should read if they like it. But the HBO Max TV show for me is like so much better because it had that freedom to like take all the pieces, all the characters, the setting and everything, take the reaction to the book, take all of that into account and then be like, okay, now, how would we do kind of a second draft of it? How would we make this work for television in a really compelling way? Mm. And I think like that's those are the things that I'm looking for. I think something like Silent Hill kind of has some of that. I think it has some interesting characters. I think it has a good setting. Um, but even then, like the characters, the protagonists aren't like that likable. Yeah, they've never really like they've always felt like kind of default characters wrapped around a weird story like i don't i don't think most people really are like looking for the canon of the folks who were in silent hill 2 right like they they fit within (laughs) those specific worlds but when you extract them out of it they're not really that interesting in that way (laughs) uh yeah because it is like a random person thing happened to you and now we'll tell you the backstory and, and fill in those pieces that make you you uh so those parts are interesting i i think uh one that missed the boat that could have been a perfect connection to, to what you talked about plant was the Assassin's Creed uh, version of stuff. Mm, Cause you have a yeah. lot of you lot. Uh, the thing that I, I, I missed about the initial games that I feel like they took a really crappy turn 
was when they moved away from, and I know people hate this part because they hated the, the outside of the animus stuff. But I think the story around the kind of Illuminati layers that were in the Assassin's Creed series give you so many places to play uh, that they never really engaged with. And that would be a really cool, already layered story with some lore in it that you could easily translate to TV or, or movies in that way. Did the Assassin's Creed movie not do that at all? I don't remember. Yeah, it's a problem. My theory for the Assassin's Creed movie is that the director made that in order to get the money to make Shakespeare because he he Mm. made like a Shakespeare adaptation. Oh, I have to pull this up. But he made a Shakespeare adaptation like right alongside this. Mm -hmm. I think with like basically the same people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's like one of those things. Uh And the Assassin's Creed movie is quite beautiful like it actually looks pretty nice Mm. um and like i like the way that they designed the animus there's a lot to like in that movie it just doesn't it doesn't all come together oh my gosh so okay so he made macbeth and assassin's creed back to back macbeth 2015 (laughs) assassin's creed 2016 they both star um uh what's magneto yeah magneto they both star magneto and even the like posters on imdb nearly identical they're both this like half black half white with like the title in red i mean they look and they're both the magneto uh half profile Hmm. it is it's actually kind of incredible how much they look alike i'm gonna put this segment to bed by saying one movie that I think needs to happen. And I think it would be a very good movie if they got the right writer and they got a good director. And I even have a director's suggestion. Oh. And that movie is Portal. And the director would be Dan Trachtenberg. Dan so, Trachtenberg yeah. started, uh, he has actually filmed a Portal short that is pretty spectacular if you've never seen it. It's really great. Um, before he did 10 Cloverfield Lane. And, um, and now he's made The Boys. Yeah. So he knows how to make TV. And he knows how to make TV. But I think it works great as a movie. There's a lot of humor in the Portal games. There's a lot of characters in the Portal games. Even though they're robots, they're still characters. And, um... And action too, like there's plenty of room for action and stuff like that. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna modify it just a little bit for me. For me. Not not for you. For me. I would say Trachtenberg, great. I think the boys, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it. So I, I, I've watched all of it. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would love a TV show set in the Half-Life universe. So including Portal, including all of that stuff, but very much its own thing. Because there's so much great lore and mythology, and I think characters like Alex are interesting. Um, but I, I don't... I don't need a recreation of any story I've seen in that universe. No, yeah, I'm not looking for a retelling of the Portal story, but I think just Aperture's universe is enough. I think the second you're talking about fucking head crabs and aliens coming down from space, it's (laughs) like a different thing entirely. All this is like a corporate show. Just announcing a show called Aperture... Yes. Would be great. Oh, God. (laughs) Where we get like an episode that's like Severance. We get, I mean... Right? Yeah, it's... Tons oh man, do. I'm I'm very I'm very into that idea. Here, here's a quick Get question honest, for both of you. Yes, and this is going to be one of those like is does this even make sense? But would Grand Theft Auto Five as a television series 
in your mind work. But the caveat is you wouldn't just pull random folks. You would actually pull those three characters that are the main characters as the three folks that you're kind of following through in in their stories as day-to-day folks within that world. I mean, it already feels very much inspired, not by TV, but by like Lethal Weapon, like that. It has that tone. So it's not that far off. Right. It's like, it's just Michael Mann. Like it's cute. (laughs) It's Miami Vice. Like Michael Mann has always been the core inspiration. Uh, I mean, so I, I think if you, if you, it was just like, what if we had these three characters, right? right? And these kind of three like tropes of, of film and television. And we made a show where you kind of bounce back and forth between those tropes. Mm. I think that could be good. That, but that would mean like gutting literally everything else. I think you would have to get rid of all of like the like half baked satire. Yes, sure. That just doesn't play anymore. Yep. It would have to be a real world, not a world where you have all the dumb stuff on every billboard yep. and in every radio station. Yep. But I do think if like, what would it be like to have a show where you have these three different ideas of crime and like classic crime TV, classic crime film, and you're constantly kind of switching between them? That could be cool. Right. I could be into that. Um, Plant, you had any questions from readers? Yes. Uh, let's do a couple of these. Uh, I mean, a lot of these are folks just saying the right things, you know? Like, Becca let, said, why do people pretend to hate the Mario movie when it's clearly the best video game <laughs> movie ever made? I mean... Amen. Strong True. agree. This one's from uh, Michael. What games do you think did the best job adapting uh, of adapting their films, even if the game itself wasn't great? What about great games that barely had anything to do with the film? I, I, let's talk about the second half of this because th- we haven't talked about that as much. I think what he's getting at is games based off of films. Mm-hmm. Have there been any good ones those for y'all? Uh, I mean, GoldenEye is like the most well-known yeah. one probably. Yeah. I know GoldenEye hasn't aged super great, but certainly when it came out, it was pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, that would yeah that would make a lot of sense in that in that respect. Uh, I think Tomb Raider movies were pretty all right. Like I know people poo poo yeah. on those. I think the Tomb Raider movies were pretty good. No point. Oh no no I mean are there games oh. based on movies? So things that started out as uh, a movie and then we got a video game adaptation. Oh. Uh, uh. Uh, hmm. Oh, you know what I heard was very good, but I haven't played it yet. The Mummy, which starred Tom Cruise, and and uh, this was like 2012 oh, yeah, or so. Was good. There was a game called The Mummy Demastered, which I, as I understand it, is a side-scrolling Metroidvania based on Tom Cruise's The Mummy. It's supposed to be pretty good. I, I haven't played it yet, but I, I've heard good things. Yeah, I, I my my big picks would be in terms of stuff that like the game probably is bigger than the movie at this point. The Chronicles of Riddick. Oh yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I would put up there. Yeah. And then in terms of like, oh, these are huge movies that then had games that are really good. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is the kind of like obvious pick. People mm. love that game. Less obvious. I don't know if this quite counts, but Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Oh, the that, point and click adventure game? Oh. Yeah. Where it's like, it's kind of like a spinoff from a movie. Um other other stuff i'm uh, the the peter jackson's king kong video game yeah, that that's kind good. of like come back around <laughs> as being a thing that people like it was yeah. i think it was like three just, hours long but the, I, yeah i love short games so it can happen <laughs> yeah there aren't many 
that I can think of. That yeah, yeah, that was great. That's true. Yeah, yeah. W- one last question. Uh, this is for well, actually. Well, actually, I've got I've got two. Very quick from Lily. What are your predictions uh, for the new upcoming Resident Evil show on Netflix? That's gonna. It's not gonna be great. I mean, I mean, the, the the good thing is that it will be on Netflix. Like, I don't, again, I don't think this could be a thing that they should go back to the well and do another movie. But Netflix, I think the Netflix formula of giving you either something really bingeable will work, or if they wind up piecemealing it out and it seems to be decent, it'll get, it'll get enough buzz, either good or bad, that people will continue to kind of push through it. Yeah, um, I'm sure they're trying to just have their their own Walking Dead success. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know. I want to see fucking Wesker do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like wild, like wild super Wesker? Or yeah, like, wild super Wesker. Okay. I want him to fly through the window yeah. with a cape yeah. and fucking start punching people into distress. <laughs> <laughs> have y'all seen the trailer for The Northman? Yes. Uh, yeah, I have. It looks in, great. In the trailer, there is a scene where I swear people are fighting on a volcano. And like if somebody doesn't turn whatever that scene is into the Wesker fight made real... <laughs> I will I will be disappointed in the internet because I can't believe that we're actually getting a volcano fight in in popular entertainment. Um, <laughs> final final question here from Chris: Why are the best video game movies about video games instead of movies based on video games? Movies like Scott Pilgrim, War Games, The Last Starfighter, Tron, or Free Guy seem way better than adaptations like Super Mario Brothers, Assassin's sure. Creed, Prince of Persia, Doom. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have baggage is the short answer to that question. There's there's not an obligation to constantly refer back to one source material. Uh, Scott Pilgrim obviously makes references to tons of different games, but because, and the comic book that it is based on, but because it's not like, oh, this is a Zelda adaptation, you don't need to have like, oh, there's the blue boomerang or whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> it's much easier to make that movie, uh, even though, you know, movies are hard to make. Yeah. That's my short answer. Yeah, I, th- I think that 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 canon crutch is, is is just hard to have to deal with. You have to always appease to the folks who are who are at the highest peaks of the fandom in a lot of those ways. And sometimes when you have those uh, movies that just kind of like touch upon video game things, then you you don't have to worry about a lot of that stuff, which is great. Yeah, I think also all of the uh, the stuff that aren't aren't based on video games they're they they're based on is this wild thing called stories um and and the video games video games have gotten better you know you could adapt to jrpg and you could probably get something pretty nice but stuff like super mario brothers it's not about anything you know it's it's about like going from left to right um prince of persia not a whole lot more there either doom i mean again these aren't you know great examples of of story uh assassin's creed has a ton of story a ton and then it, yeah it gets into that opposite problem of, of canon crunch mm-hmm. i think the, the the games that are listed here or the movies that are listed here like scott pilgrim that's just about a guy who's dating somebody way too young <laughs> and, and then also like it, it has to fight you know like through the trauma of another girlfriend's you know exes like these these things are about something um free guy which i think is probably the weakest of the stuff listed but it's still pretty decent like that's about like your existence right uh it's just using games as a like metaphor for whatever it's talking about so i think like that's the big thing and i and i think that's what we'll need to see for 
video game adaptations in the future is like, first and foremost, they have to say something. They have to have themes. They have to have a reason to exist. And then the gaminess of it all, that's just like, that's a cherry on top. So basically, you just wanted to say that Dead or Alive was the best movie video game. <laughs> oh, no, I actually want to say Dead Alive, the Peter Jackson movie, is the best sure. game movie ever. I think that's where I'm going. Uh, um, Cleef, is there anything else you are watching and or playing that you would want to recommend to people? Uh, watching and or playing? Um, I'm yeah. playing a lot of stuff. Well, watching, I am. I just finished watching the Netflix banger, The Ultimatum, which I think actually is something that you should watch just when you're when you're really really inebriated. Uh, a, I don't know anything about that. What is what is the it's, hook? There? It's it's literally a it's a literally a twenty something uh, dating show. Uh, that, oh that people, where where one person is given the other person an ultimatum to get married or or leave. Oh, uh, cool! So, so it's sloppy. It's a messy show. It's it's all about. <laughs> me- well, I'm also like down. I'm waiting for. I want Severance to come back because I need that sure. in my life. Uh, but playing, uh, I'm playing a bunch of stuff on my playdate, which is which is uh, oh, yes. an awesome new uh, little handheld uh, device. So I'm playing a bunch of stuff over there, but watching, I'm watching nothing but dirty, messy, terrible TV at this point. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the, the, the cast of the Ultimatum is Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey. Yeah, oh. I love this. They they, am, they are the hostess with the mostess who are watching these twenty year olds do all the things that twenty year olds do. <laughs> and you know what? They've been together for a very long time at this point. So good for them. Shout they made out, it work. Shout out to that. Shout out to Love. Yeah. Stay out of it, Nick Lachey. <laughs> He has the worst advice, too. He has the worst <laughs> dating and marriage advice. It's just like, yeah, I'm a guy and I'm sitting here. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Talk to your wife uh, <laughs> once in a while. I like Jesus, Nicholas A. I've been watching uh, Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max. Uh, a lot of people recommended it to me. I would say for those of you that might have watched it and kind of bounced off after the first episode or two, uh, stick with it. I thought... By episode four, they kind of reveal the actual premise of the show and everything really clicks together, but it does take a few episodes to get there. But it's pretty fantastic. Taika Waititi uh, and uh, Reese Darby and and great ensemble cast and and really, really good. Highly recommend it. I, I've, I've been watching the same thing. I've been bouncing back and forth between that and The Righteous Gemstones, which you've oh, yeah. been... Mm. demanding I watch for a long time and I'm finally doing it and I feel like a clown that I waited this long um, The there's a kid like a young man in it who is also in licorice pizza for yeah. only a hot minute but is great also in licorice pizza um, and yeah I mean the cast of, of that show is just incredible everybody is like a game um, it's pretty great so we we chose our top five video game movies, not top five, our def- our five definitive video game movies, and those are Super Mario Brothers the movie, the first Mortal Kombat live action movie, Street Fighter the movie, not to be confused with fan favorite Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. <laughs> so we want to make sure that you don't zig where you should zag. And and on, I mean, we we're saying the first Resident Evil movie, but really, if it's Resident Evil and it has Mila Jovovich in it, you're good, you know. Oh, and one more Rampage, starring The Rock, who I I feel like I defamed, and I'm gonna like just eat bad comments about <laughs> for like the next 
five years. Someone's going to say, like, he went to Juilliard, plant. What the hell are you talking about, bro? <laughs> How dare you disrespect him? He's a delight. He's a delight. I just I just hope he doesn't run for office. That's all I'm saying. I just want him to keep being a delight in my, in my films. And maybe, you know, popping up at WrestleMania now and then. <laughs> uh... And that's it. I mean, we talked about a bunch of other stuff, but that that's that's the bulk of it. We did. Khalif, where can people find you? Uh, you can find the work that I do on the internets all over all the podcast platforms. That's one of me. We drop a new show every Friday morning. Uh, and our live shows are recorded on twitch.tv slash spawn on me around 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific uh, on Wednesday evening. So you can mm-hmm. check out the live show there. I'm also hosting an NBCLX uh, fan control football show. Uh, you oh, can yeah. check out on Saturday uh, mornings, uh, 9.30 a.m. Uh, PST, uh, where we talk all about the the week of fan control football and, and have some folks from the league come on, talk about all the stuff that they're working on and all those things within. I have a genuine question yeah. about fan control football. Yeah. What happens if, like, you know how, like, they do the votes online and they name the boat Bodie McBoatface yes. and, like, So what's preventing that from happening in fan control football? So luckily, there is a curated list of plays that you can pick from that are situational. Got it, got it, got it. So some of them are are like there's one that's named after the Konami code, right? So it's like the actual Konami code written out. Uh, there's one called Sex Panther. So there have been some <laughs> some names that are you know coming from various parts of pop culture, and and, and there. But I, I'm sure that there will not be the like <laughs> dirty, dirty named of them. Yeah, play. it's not just going to be like the Little Giants play over and over again. No, 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 no. I mean, it, it no. actually it has been in a couple of weeks where people are like, we're picking <laughs> this play because it's the play that actually works. Uh, so yeah, there's been a little bit of that too. So it, it's great. Right Check on. it out, and I'm having fun with that stuff over at NBC. I cool. love it, but I am mildly sad that I can't force Johnny Menzel to punt, fake punt, like every play, like how I used to play Madden, where I was like, I don't get it, fake punt, I'm so far in the back of the field, it's going to take them forever to get to me, I just, I, <laughs> not realizing. I've seen Johnny Menzel run uh, last season, and you want him to fake punt at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it, Johnny, please. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you, Khalif, for joining us. That was uh, awesome. And thank you to everyone for listening at home, for listening to uh, The Besties. You can find us at The Besties Pod on Twitter. Um, send us uh, answers to our questions, and you might appear on an episode. Always great to uh, have y'all cooperating and sharing the show, and we really appreciate it. That's going to do it for The Besties, because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.